Hello, listeners, it's time for Empty the Cues. So, Empty the Cues is a show where I, Will Williams, show some of my favorite people some of my favorite things that they haven't seen before. Hooray! This track is the track for Community with Josh Rubino. Um, there are other tracks for things like Avatar The Last Airbender and Beastars and The Good Place, um, and you can listen to those or you don't have to. I don't care. It's not my business. So in this episode, um, we watch the very first episode of Community. Hooray, hooray. Um, uh, well, eh, well, mm, hooray-ish. Um, you know, it's fine. It's a fine episode. Uh, it's, it was okay. You know, like, when you, when you recommend Community people, don't, don't you always just kind of go like... Yeah, the pilot kind of sucks, but like stick with it. Yeah, it's that. Um, the audio quality, I'm not gonna lie. Not gonna lie, it is not perfect. Uh, but that's okay because Joshi just moved to a new place and, you know, we have a few of these in the backlog and they might not sound incredible, but that's okay. You know, it's fine. We're very sleepy and the newer recordings sound marvelous. So without further ado, here's the episode. Okay, there they are. I was drunk, so I don't remember. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Okay, you want to just jump in? Uh, sure. Yeah. Okay. All right, Uh, Joshi. We have watched episode one of Community, and before uh, before we get back to any of your predictions, because there are some that I absolutely want to revisit. Mm -hmm. First off, how did you like this episode? Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, like, uh-huh. it's, that, it's that sound. It's that exact sound is the thing. Like, it's, yeah. it's fine. Um, I mean, like, it's not, it's not bad. No. It's clearly, it's a first episode, the thing. Like, they're clearly setting everything up. Um, but, like, when I look at my notes here, the biggest one just says John Oliver's hair. So you like, know, I don't blame you. Uh, <laughs> oh, it is horrific, and we will get to it. But yeah, like, it's bad. It that's the biggest takeaway. That yes. and um, just like they're they're clearly each character represents a specific like archetype of character, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they were they're definitely like setting everything up. Yes, um, so. Let's talk about the the characters just real quick, because you got almost every single one perfect. But let's talk about Britta. Okay, Britta, um, even after finishing the first episode, she hasn't really left much of any sort of impression. Like she just uh, she is sort of like a snarky foil to Mm -hmm. Jeff Winger who I would, like, discuss Jeff Winger. Oh, yes. Um, but that's all. Like, she doesn't read... They don't reveal anything about her personality. All of her lines are either, like, comebacks to things that Jeff has said or, like, things to move the plot along. There's not that's much of true. a reveal about Britta. And her personality is so far revealed to be hot girl that Jeff wants to get. True, yeah. It's it's so difficult for me to look at Britta 
with nothing else, just this first episode. Mm -hmm. um, because she gets... Yes? Yes, mozzarella? Right now? <laughs> okay, thank you. Thank you for that contribution. I know how you feel about Britta now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she gets so much development and she's really weird and really interesting so i'm excited for you to see more of her um Excellent. okay but i guess a, a good place a good place to launch off would probably be just an episode summary so how would you describe the events that happen in episode one okay all right so um let me go through everything mm -hmm. um like i said i took notes just just so we could discuss everything Specifically, it starts off um, with just, you know, the caption Greendale Community College and then three blocks from your home, which I thought was kind of funny because um, I'm from Long Island and there's like a community college like 10 minutes in either direction of where I live. Oh, yeah. So that was that was that was a good chuckle. I enjoyed that. Um, and then it opens with uh, Dean Gyro Gearless. Um, <laughs> uh, if uh, just just a heads up for anyone, if uh, they do have a Ducktales vocal counter counterpart, I will be referring to them by that character Extremely until I get fair. more attached to the characters themselves. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so Dean Gyro Gearless is giving a uh, like a little speech. Uh, and I feel like this is his entire character in this, like, <laughs> half a minute where he's, like, giving a speech and he missed, like, the entire middle of it. So it's just, you know, welcome! Um, and he's going on about, well, if you think that community college is just for, and then, like, rants off a bunch of, like, sort of, you know, insulting stereotypes. Yeah. yeah. And then he misses the middle where he's supposed to contradict that, and he just goes straight to, good luck! Yeah, it's, that's what you've heard. However, I wish you luck! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I love the Dean. <laughs> I have a feeling I will, too. I, oh, yeah. I have a feeling he is going to be very, like, um, like, scatterbrained and lovable. Af okay, after the speech, um, we cut to uh, Jeff and Abed, mm -hmm. and at this point in the show, it just sort of seems like Abed's talker, um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and he is just constantly chatting to Jeff, who is very disinterested. Um, until you know he mentions Britta, and Abed gives him this incredibly detailed like character assessment of Britta of just all these random facts, and you're like, ah, okay. Um, so that's his deal. Um, and Jeff, in just the slimiest, um, yeah, just says, I see your value now. And it's just, ah. And that's his character then, right there. Abed says, that's the nicest thing anyone said about me. Yeah. And that Abed. made me sad. Abed. Um, and just, I am I'm going to make a reference that uh is for me and like maybe two other people. But Great. um I hate Jeff B 
because in Discworld terms, my favorite book series ever, Jeff is my favorite character um, if he had never redeemed himself and had just Oof. further devolved, he would be this character. So um, he is Moist von Lipwig if Albert Spangler never died. That is the setup for that entire thing. <laughs> and it is probably a weird series of words for people to hear. But, yeah, uh-huh, uh uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, he, he clearly just, um, he uses people. And then we go, after that little interaction, we cut to, I think we cut to John Oliver's office, because that's where my notes yes. continue. Um, and then John Oliver's hair. John Oliver's hair. Which looks like if you had told someone what the Beatles looked like, <laughs> but they didn't, they've never seen the Beatles or given a haircut before, <laughs> this is what they would have put on John Oliver's head. And I can was... understand that because he's supposed to be an unpopular British man. So they went with that sort of thing, I guess, to sort of reinforce that. Like, he's trying to be popular by looking like one of the Beatles, uh, but he has failed. He has failed completely. Oh. Um, it reminded me a lot of the hair in the fourth Harry Potter movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, perfect. Uh-huh. Just, you look at it and you just say, oh, are you, are you sure? Are you sure? <laughs> you look at it and you just go, did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire? <laughs> Calmly. Um. <laughs> so, th so this is where we find out why Jeff is at Greendale. And you totally got it right. He needed mm -hmm. to go to college and did not want to go to college. And it was for a job because he said that he went to college um, at Columbia, but yeah. He meant it like the country. <laughs> the country. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which was very clever. Yes. Um, I, I will say Jeff has phenomenal banter with every interaction. Um, but yeah, he, he his license has been suspended, and he wants to just sort of scam his way to college. Mm-hmm. Um, I hate him. I have Jeff is a slime ball underlined three times in my notes here. Absolute slime ball. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and John Oliver is like not necessarily not a slime ball, but keeps trying to keeps trying to get Jeff to not cheat on all of his tests. But it doesn't seem like it's because he really has a stake in Jeff becoming a better person. It just seems like he also just kind of doesn't want to do it. Yeah, it seems like um, he's just kind of like. Uh, it seems like he resents Jeff's success in life, and he just mm. wants to stick it to him a little. Yeah, like he's, yeah he's that's a, a great petty, way of putting it. He's a petty individual. He has a largely academic role, or not academic, like a bureaucratic role right. in this school, and I think it's because he tried to date students. Like, he has that aura. Right, right. It, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So then next up, we get... Oh, it's the scene with everybody in the study room, right? Uh, no, they are briefly in the cafeteria. Right. Um, which I, I know because they put mayo in a ketchup bottle. And I don't know if that was a goof or if that is Greendale. 
I did not notice that, and that is fucked up, and I hate it. <laughs> yeah, like, they have a red traditional ketchup bottle, and Pierce is, like, squeezing it onto a hot dog, and white mayo coming out. Oh, Christ. It, like, um, it's, it's not even mustard. It's something completely different. <laughs> yeah, uh, audience, it, sh- it should be noted, um, my first three notes on this episode are, I fucking love the Dean. Mm-hmm. I'm drunk. I'm drinking more. Uh, so I was drunk while watching this. I have seen it many times. Uh, but my notes are not phenomenal. And that is why. <laughs> 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 yeah. So the cafeteria scene is that's, so that's when we get the introduction to Pierce, right? Um, no. We I just think- see him. We just see him. Okay. Um, and we we note his presence because he is, you know, noteworthy He's... comedic veteran Chevy Chase. Yes. Chevrol's Chase. Yeah, um, Chevrol Chase. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and then it's Jeff. Uh, I believe at this point is when he's like introducing the idea of the study group to Britta. Mm. Um, and she is just like, please stop hitting him. <laughs> right oh and he gives her the bullshit spanish mm-hmm. yep. yeah so the whole conceit of the show and this remains for the entire show is that they are a study group that okay. is how they get to know each other that is the context in which we see them um the show does some pretty wild shit but it's very rare that it leaves greendale um and Almost every episode has plenty of scenes in that room at that table. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, as Abed would say, it's like every episode is a bottle episode. <laughs> you know, he does literally at one point call an episode a bottle episode. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> of course he does. It's a great episode. Um, looking through my other notes here, uh, I have... Poor Abed, Stan Abed, Smash Abed? Yeah. I have... Mm-hmm. I, I uh, actually I completely agree with all of those responses. Like, yeah. I want, yeah. To, I want to love and protect Abed, but he is also irritating the hell out of me this entire episode. Oh, that's uh, not the kind of smash that I meant. Uh, Danny oh. Pudi's gorgeous. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> but also very irritating, for sure. Mm-hmm. However, uh, there is an episode, it is the bottle episode, uh, where he is shirtless for some of it. And it's uh, like a real cheaty moment, you know? Oh, um, really? <laughs> yeah. So that's just kind of in my brain forever. Um, (laughs) Oh, God. And then when they do, oh, God, when they do finally get to the study group and Britta greets them by saying, Abed in the house. (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, Oh, Britta. Oh, Britta. You try so hard, honey. But I feel like that's, like, that's the only hint of personality we get in this episode from. Like, we know that. She thinks Abed is a cool dude, or at the very least, is like a good guy. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's actually that's pretty frustrating that in the first episode, one of the three female leads gets 
so, so little impact. Um, I almost, I wonder if this was uh, like a Dan Harmon thing where he was like, right, hot girl who's snarky, or if it was a network thing of like, we have to make her a more believable, like, love interest foil for Jeff, like, make her do less. You know, mm. I know that there were a lot of, a lot of disagreements between Dan Harmon and, and the network. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I can't, I can't wait to discover all of that. Oh, and we shall. <laughs> okay, so they are in the study hall. Um, it becomes fairly clear that, like, Jeff doesn't know what he's doing. He gives the pencil speech then, right? Um. Oh, no, he gives the pencil speech to John Oliver. No, he... <laughs> He, gives he talks a... about moral relativism to John Oliver, which yeah. comes up later. Yeah. Um, yeah. Jeff is a big fan of, like, philosophical speeches, which I think goes back to his lawyer background. Um, oh, he, he loves hearing himself talk. Yes. Yeah, and it's at this point, because the, pen, the, pencil, discuss, uh, the pencil speech happens later on. Mm-hmm, you're Isn't right. that his rallying? Like, he makes them all angry, and then he brings them back with the pencil? Yes. Yeah. Yes, totally right. Um, yeah, during the... Uh, <laughs> Jeff has a, a great line that sums up his entire being in the, the uh, truth relativity speech with John Oliver, though. Which is just, I'm God, or truth is relative. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And frankly, he doesn't really care which one is correct. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I iconic Jeff. When Jeff is written well, it's, like, difficult not to kind of, not root for him, but be like, okay, mm -hmm. you get a pass on this one thing, Jeff Winger. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, yeah, when they first show up, they all sort of introduce themselves and basically say exactly what trope they're going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, here I have a note. Uh, I have a couple of notes. Troy is kind of a jock. Mm-hmm. Um, Pierce is a racist old white man. <laughs> yes. And I love Shirley. <laughs> I love Shirley. Shirley is so underrated. Uh her the performance in the whole show is so good she's so that character could just be so easily obnoxious and over the top but the restraint that she gives to it um and just her little smile holding back such rage is so good oh my god yeah she has the rage of someone that has been like just undervalued or like not undervalued but like people have sized her up and found her wanting like her entire life mm -hmm. and that is the rage that she's got behind such a cheerful smile yeah yes very accurate and i love her <laughs> <laughs> i'm so glad to hear that like again i think that a lot of people dismiss shirley um as a character, especially because, like, one of her traits you'll find is that she's very religious. Um, and this is sometimes played for laughs and sometimes it's played for empathy. But a lot of people write her off for that. Mm -hmm. um, but there's so there's such rich characterization there. Uh, I can't wait. I am very much looking forward to that. 
Yeah. Oh, I also want to highlight, while we're talking about Pierce, Hawthorne wipes. So basically, he made baby wipes, uh, is what I'm getting, or Clorox wipes. I don't remember. Mm -hmm. But he made Hawthorne wipes. And I will tell you, this does become relevant. Really? They do come back up. Yes. Uh, (laughs) Several times. Several times. That's so funny. Yeah. Of of course, though. Like, of course. Hawthorne wipes. All right. Um, yeah, he, uh, his, his pronunciation of, uh, Abed, uh, was oh, God. terrible. Uh, yes. I, yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, and then around here, I also, uh, I, I have my sort of on again, off again guess for the series. Cause mm-hmm. they, these always have like relationships in them. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's Annie and Troy and mm-hmm. Jeff and Britta. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Just because Annie and Troy apparently went to the same high school, um, even though Troy does not remember her at all, which was great. Well, or, he doesn't remember her except when he remembers that she is little Annie Adderall. Yep. And that in order to maintain that absolutely pristine appearance, uh, she has addiction problems and at one point like had a psychotic break in high school. Whoa whoa. Yeah, it sounds like she was trying to do the uh the like marvelous Mrs. Maisel sort of lifestyle. Yes. Yes. That but instead of comedy it's just a pluses. Yeah. Oh yeah. Poor yeah. Annie. Which I like Annie. Um but she does seem a little bit stuck up. Like, oh, not necessarily yeah. stuck up, but, like, no. Um, narrow mind. It's, yes. I think that's a great way to put it. I think that's the prefer. That's what I would rather say. Um, mm-hmm. Like, she has never left her hometown. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that she is aware that she is narrow-minded. Oh, absolutely not. She's definitely got, like, a moral purity thing going about her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She, I don't know, she could be annoying, um, or she could be a very interesting character later on. We will find out. I'm assuming it's going to be a mixture of two. Oh, yes. Considering how much you enjoy this show. Yes. <laughs> um, and then... So at this point, Jeff makes everybody fight, largely for his own sense of amusement and to create a reason for him and Britta to leave. And Britta is not biting that hook. Mm-hmm. Uh, his his plan here being, well, if it fails, then she'll just go to dinner with me and it's no big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and she just sees right through it and wants. Mm-hmm. And is uh, she not only wants no part of it, but is kind of horrified that he would just do that on a whim. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and meanwhile, uh, John Oliver <clears throat> is saying that he got all of the test answers for, um, I was about to call him Joe McHale, Jeff Winger, to get them, and these are all of the test answers for all of his classes for the semester. Um, but to get them, he requires Jeff's car. Mm-hmm. 
Jeff's Prius, I believe. Yes, his, his Prius. And <laughs> um, every... Uh, it, it, Jeff is very reluctant, obviously, to give up his car. And I think it's not... It's like, it's not just that it's his car and he would have to trade for John Oliver's car, but this is like the car he had as a lawyer. Mm-hmm. And so it's like his last vestige, that sort of thing. It's his last st- status symbol, for sure, other than like his general smarm. Like, giving the car up is a real understanding that he is he is no longer in that place. Like, he is no longer successful lawyer he is back in a fucking community college Mm -hmm. yeah so he obviously doesn't want to do it but he does eventually and he gets the test answered in what i believe to be uh just from a quick glance a very small packet for Mm -hmm. what was requested yes um and then jeff goes back to the study group and Brit is like, I'm not going to go out with you, so you might as well fix it. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, fix this and maybe we'll talk. Um, or more, more like a fix this and I won't think you're a monster is really right. what it comes down to. And so then he just spouts out complete gibberish. Yes. But it's like... Absolute compl- nonsense. Yeah, it's, compl- it's complimentary nonsense, though. Mm-hmm. And it gets the job done. Everybody is rallied. Um, and he reveal or it is revealed that he doesn't, he is not a Spanish tutor. And right, so, he's completely lied to them all. He does not know Spanish. Yeah, he has been conning them um, exclusively to get rid of. And at this point, he reveals that, you know, he's been giving all of the test answers and he opens up the packet and it, there's nothing in it, or rather mm-hmm. blank paper. Yeah. So at this point he has lost his job. He tried this gambit with this girl that didn't work. He has lost the test answers and he's lost his car, mm-hmm. um, which all feels real good. Oh yeah. Feels uh, good. <laughs> oh, I will say during the, uh, the speech, reinvigorate everybody uh i got the the, that got the loudest laugh from me was this moment when when he's like you know what makes humans different and troy just goes beat like (laughs) like come on obviously so dedicated to his answer just like this is the dumbest quest feet come on i i roared at that it was just so perfectly delivered and so perfectly timed yeah, yeah, it was so good. It was so good. You're gonna love Troy. <laughs> like you're gonna love Troy. <laughs> I, uh, I already do. <laughs> so okay, so then the episode wraps. Um, how does the episode wrap? Um, Page three Jeff of notes. gets his car back from John Oliver, and then they all agree. Okay, well, we're already here. We might as well try to study. Right. And that's um, pretty much where it wraps up, I believe. Oh, oh yeah. And uh, it wraps up on a cover of Don't You Forget About Me. Yeah. Because Abed... After... Yeah. So, at one point when they were all screaming and fighting, uh, Abed breaks out the 
like Bender monologue from yeah. <laughs> The Breakfast Club for no reason other than like everyone is yelling and he is annoyed slash kind of wants to participate. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really liked this concept. Like, yes, this is going to be a show that's inspired largely by The Breakfast Club. It's it's a group of very different people assembled for a purpose at a school together, not really wanting to be in the same room together, but, you know, it, it will become this sort of found family or there will be some sort of understanding together. Um, I, I liked this touch on, like, hey, it's the Breakfast Club, but not. Yeah. Um, and I forgot that the entire, like, rally bookended by Abed looking at Jeff and saying, I see your value now. Yes. Oh, which, which so was very good. good. So, Joshi, do you know about um oh my god, Harmon. Do you know about uh Harmon's story circle? No. What is that? So his story circle is the way that he writes episodes and it's fascinating to me. So it's kind of similar to um, like a typical plot structure or the hero's journey or the um, Snyder beat sheet. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is my favorite, I think, of all of those. Let me pull it up for you because I think it's really interesting and I'd like to see where you can pinpoint things on here. Give me one sec. Okay. Okay, I'm going to send it to you in Discord. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, so the story circle is hmm. eight steps. Um, character is in a comfort zone. Two, but they want something. Three, they enter an unfamiliar situation. Four, they adapt to it. Five, they get what they want. Six, they pay a heavy price for it. Seven, they return to their familiar situation. And eight, but they have changed. Uh, this is actually how we plot out seasons of valence. This is one of the structures that we use. Oh, um, spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if this fits perfectly. I have not mapped it here. But if you had to map this first episode on the story circle, what would you put where? Okay. So character in comfort zone is right in the beginning when with uh, Jeff, Abed, and Britta, where he's first trying to convince of uh, uh, convince Britta. Um, go out with him, but he instead gets her to join the study group. Mm-hmm. So that's, his comfort zone is lying and convincing people. Mm-hmm. And then, but they want something, is he wants to go on a date with Britta. Right. And then three, they enter an unfamiliar situation, which is where he pretends that he is a Spanish tutor. So I guess the, um, the study group itself is an unfamiliar situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and they adapt to it. Or, actually, the unfamiliar situation... Yeah, no, I think that would still be... I think I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they adapt to it would be how he's, you know, initially manipulating the group to fight amongst themselves. Right. Because um, he's still manipulating a group of people. Mm-hmm. Um like a jury and then he gets what they want in that you know they are fighting so he can steal Britta away and take her out but they pay a heavy price for it which is the 
reluctance of Britta because of his manipulative actions. Mm-hmm. So then he goes back to the study group. Damn, is, yeah. And he calms them down and reinvigorates their desire to be a group. But they have changed. So he realizes he can't use this specific con right. to get Britta <laughs> on a date. Right, like he's actually going to have to outsmart people here at mm-hmm. least one person yeah that actually damn that fits into the story circle very well which like i guess duh but <laughs> it's always nice to see something laid out like that um yeah i love the story circle yeah now i'm i'm just mentally plotting out right where in valence all of these plot points hit. <laughs> number six is particularly interesting Look oh. forward to that, listeners. Uh-huh. <laughs> they pay yeah. a heavy price for it. Anyway, they moving pay on. a heavy price for it. Um, I will send you our our story circle outline for Valence season one. Oh, excellent. Yeah. <laughs> um, so after having seen this first episode, who's your favorite character? Uh okay. It's Probably Troy. Okay. Because uh, okay. he got the biggest laugh from me. Mm-hmm. But um, I have a feeling I will love the Dean. Yes. you. I Honestly, when I thought about the show and how you would interact with it, I somehow I forgot the Dean, which is wild because he is one of the most memorable characters. You are going to fucking love the Dean. Yes. Excellent. And you're going to love him and be like, oh, I love him. And I'm going to be like... You don't even know. This is nothing. <laughs> and you're going to be like a season later, like, oh, yeah, I love the Dean. And I'll be like, uh-uh, this is not his final form. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't wait. He's a delight. Uh, he is ridiculous, and I love him. Um, least favorite characters, I think that's going to be pretty obvious, but still still give it to us. Uh, so Pierce Hawthorne. Uh-huh. And probably John Oliver. He- yeah was really annoying um, yeah. for the most part. He's like, I think what's so annoying about him is that he is slimy in the same way that Jeff is slimy, but without the competence. Yeah, he he has no charm. None. But he's really banking on his charm to get him through things. <laughs> yes. I do, however, see why he was cast as Zazu. Like it, <laughs> it I really forgot that he works. was, yeah. Yeah. I think that is there anything else to say about the the first episode? Because I think we can probably wrap and move on to the next one. Yeah, I think this is I think this is good for now. Like it yeah. it's set up everything, and I am interested to see where it goes. Perfect. Hooray! That was this episode. You can find Empty the Cues on social media at Empty Cues Pod. You can find us at emptythecues.wordpress.com for transcripts and what have you. It's a good time, and we'll be back next time with an episode about Avatar The Last Airbender with Caroline Minx. It's gonna be great. Okay, goodbye.